Welcome everyone to another Herbie Riffic sequel episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and joining me as always, it's Kyra Hawkins. And we are back to talk about the fourth, yes, fourth from a movie from a movie company. That's right. From a movie company that said they would never do sequel. They have poured out four, yes, four movies starring the inimitable Ocho. (laughs) (laughs) And this one is entitled Herbie Goes Bananas. It is the first movie of the 1980s. It was released June the 27th of 1980. It did $18 million at the box office, which is $66 million in today's money. Definitely not getting the return that they were expecting on them. No. I'm surprised it was that high, honestly. And I didn't know the first thing about this movie, except that it was out there. And it was not looking promising from the um, screenshot on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Or on the promotional poster, for that matter. They're a little tile that they had... Like, when you go to watch the movie, it has, like, minor characters. I don't even think they're technically the main characters of the movie. They're definitely the most entertaining characters of the movie. But it was like, well, for the main plot, they probably should have chose something else. So, have you watched this one before before you heard about it? No. Two weeks ago? No. (laughs) Um... I, like, I really only knew about it because it, you know, like, when you watch any other Herbie movie, it will suggest another to you. And so I'd seen it pop up in suggestions, but I I didn't watch it until I knew we were watching it for this. Because yes. I didn't have high hopes at all. All right. All right. So... The synopsis, which comes to us, as always, care of Wikipedia, goes a little something like, Picking up sometime after the Trans-France race, Pete Stanchek has inherited Herbie from his uncle Jim Douglas and travels to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, with his friend Davy DJ Johns to retrieve the car. They get instructions from Paco, a comically mischievous orphaned pickpocket to the car lot. Unable to pay the holding fee due to Paco taking their wallets, the pair quickly leave in Herbie to find him. Elsewhere, Paco pickpockets one of the members of a trio of three villains who are planning to steal gold from some forgotten Inca ruin. The trio chase Paco after realizing the film showing the location of the gold is in the stolen wallet, but Pete and DJ catch him first. Paco hides in Herbie's hood and is consequently loaded on the Sun Princess cruise ship, bound for Rio, where Pete and DJ plan to enter Herbie in the Brazil Grand Premio. En route, they meet an anthropology student named Melissa and her extravagant, eccentric Aunt Louise, who is trying to find a husband for her niece. When Herbie wrecks havoc on board, Pete pretends to court Melissa, intending for her Aunt Louise to sponsor their race. Meanwhile, Paco is discovered by the crew and locked in the hold by Captain Blythe. Herbie, 
who Paco calls Ocho, helps him escape, and they ruin the ship's costume party while trying to escape the crew. Captain Blythe has Herbie dropped into the sea, while Pete, DJ, Melissa, and Aunt Louise are ordered off at the next Paco evades the police sent to pick him up, ending up in an inlet where he rescues the rusty Herbie when he resurfaces from the water. The pair then go into business with Herbie as a text. The thieves soon find Paco and threaten to use an acetylene torch to cut up Herbie if Paco doesn't give him the film, which he put in Pete's wallet by mistake. Paco manages to get Pete's wallet, but as he and Herbie escape the men, they are hailed by both Louise and Blythe. Melissa quickly commandeers a dilapidated bus so she, Pete, and Davy can go after them. Paco explains the situation to the unhappy passenger. <clears throat> Herbie tries to hide from the man in a bullfight, only for him and two of the men to end up in the ring. After the bull is defeated by Paco or by Herbie, he and Paco leave without Louise and Blythe, who are soon picked up by Pete, Louise, and DJ, where they explain what's happening. Later at a cafe, Paco is grabbed by the men. After failing to stop their plane taking off, Herbie goes to find Pete and the others who are stuck in a small village after the bus finally breaks down. As a rainstorm hits, the men retrieve a large gold disc from the ruins, planning to sell it so they can hire equipment to get the rest. They leave Paco to fend for himself, but Herbie finds him and chases after the men, catching the gold in his trunk. Herbie and the group travel to the next major town using bananas as camouflage, where Blythe and Louise go to get help while the others take the disc to the local university, where they are overpowered by the men. Paco is outside selling the bananas to locals when he and Herbie see the men loading the disc into their plane. Herbie throws the bananas at them before chasing the plane and biting his tail. The victims are defeated by Herbie and Paco and get arrested by the police, and the group reunite on the Sun Princess. Pete and DJ resume their plans to enter a repainted and restored Herbie in a grand, in the Brazil Grand Premio, with Paco dressed as the driver. Pete concedes that Paco and Herbie have a better connection than Pete would have if he drove him in the race. DJ finally asks Herbie why he keeps referring to Herbie as Ocho, or I'm sorry, Paco, why he keeps referring to Herbie as Ocho, which is Spanish for eight. Paco looks at Herbie's 53 and remarks that five plus three is eight. Aunt Louise once again tries to get Blythe to notice her, but he is more interested in, in a passing schooner. After that, Pete, Davy, Aunt Louise, and Melissa have a toast, hoping for Herbie to win the race, with Paco giving third Herbie a thumbs up. The end. So... What was your initial thoughts on this one? I've got very limited notes on this movie just because there wasn't much going on with it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I did not have high hopes at all. <laughs> I tried to lower my expectations to like the first sequel level. Um, and I think that it didn't even reach that low bar. Oh, wow. Um, it was like the same. Okay, The Love Bug is a great movie. Mm. Loved that movie. Jim Douglas, um, Dean Jones, A plus, love it. 
the next one, like there's, we're four in, so I don't remember the title of Herbie Rides Again, maybe? was like Herbie is relegated to like a plot device and not a character. Um, It had a few redeeming qualities, but it was not nearly as good or as charming or as wonderful as the original. The third one, Monte Carlo. um, I'm pretty sure we liked that, even though it was like, well, it's not as good as the first, but it's definitely better than the second. Mm -hmm. And we had like Dean Jones again. It was cute. It was fun. The soundtrack slapped. But then, like, we get to this one, and we're back to that first sequel of where Herbie is, like, a, like barely a secondary thought in the movie. We don't even get to see any racing, uh, really. I mean, Herbie drives around, but he's not racing. And it's not even called Herbie through, like, any of the movie. I don't think at any point we heard them call him Herbie. Yeah. Because uh, apparently something happened to Dean Jones's character off screen. He had an off screen. I don't know if he died or whatever, but I think it was like he gifted Herbie to to his his nephew. It's like, why would you do that? Because this guy does not deserve this car. And he leaves it in bum tuck mexico for whatever reason it was Vallarta. yeah it was well, okay okay so that's not quite bum tuck but it, but you could see it from yeah <laughs> and it and it's left at a at a mechanics place and i don't understand why it was left there but yeah jim left it to pete and Pete's got a zany kind sidekick, Davey, who kind of looked like he could have been Tim Conway's son. Yeah, I thought I was kind of thinking the same thing. And so they get to Puerto Vallarta, try to find the mechanic. And uh, as happens in Mexico, they get pickpocketed by a street urchin. A little kid named Paco, who actually, like, he was cute. But I don't think the acting was great from anybody in this movie. Okay, no, no, no. I take that back. Um, there was there were a couple of good performances. But, like, the kid who played Paco didn't, I didn't enjoy his performance. Um, it was, like, just real stiff and, like, not like a child actor who really acts it was like here's the line and then he just repeats it with not much feeling um i mean he was cute yeah but cute only gets you so far yeah um so he pickpockets pete and dj or davy or whatever he's called because davy's holding the money don't know why and he also pickpockets the villain because they found some mystical place in wherever it was yeah there's like incan ruins or incan gold or something yeah the whole like gold side plot i just wasn't super into well and see they could have done that so much better because we just finished watching outer banks the third season and it is basically the same plot they're trying to hunt down incan ruins and they have a statue that shows them exactly where to go and how to get there and 
whatever. If you haven't watched it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's a very good show. A whole lot better than this. <laughs> so, um, he takes the... Paco steals the wallet and runs off. And suddenly there's police chasing after him for whatever reason. Because I guess the villains want their wallet back. And he Paco pockets a dollar for whatever reason. And then gets ready to drop the rest of the wallet into the into the postal. And I'm just like, I don't understand why. It doesn't really make sense. Oh, um, I only know this because I just looked. But they want their wallet back because the location of the treasure is like on a paper in the wallet or something like that. Yeah. So, okay. I missed that. This whole movie makes a little bit more sense now that I know that. <laughs> yeah, but my thing is, why would Paco just drop it into the mail slot? And why would you only take a dollar and a strip of film? Oh, I didn't notice the film. Yeah, well, the film was what actually made the whole thing. Because the the villains, when you first meet them, they're looking at this film strip and it shows exactly where the ink and gold is. Okay, okay, okay. But, like, if you're just, like, a little, like, kid, you wouldn't know that. So, yeah. yeah, that's weird, I guess. So... Now I understand why they were after him the entire movie. I missed that when I watched it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Man, like, I don't know if this was ever going to be, like, a good movie, but um, they sure didn't give it a chance to be good. I, I, I just feel like it, it wasn't written well. So the cops come out, start chasing Paco, and Paco hides behind this woman and from what i'm understanding it's like the entire city's police force somehow loses him just because he hides behind this woman so it kind of makes you wonder if you really want to go to puerto vallarta if they can lose a kid just because they can't see him yeah and the the entire police force is chasing a kid who pickpocketed a criminal yeah um well so yeah. he hops in Herbie's hood because, I mean, we got to get Herbie introduced in and he gets taken to the port. And apparently this is the HMS Titanic because they load the ship or they load a car onto the ship. And the only other movie that I've seen them do that in was in Jack and Rose's Titanic. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know how that usually works, but I, yeah, I, I don't think a cruise ship gets cars. Yeah, I thought it was like, oh, this is a cruise ship. I've never seen them load cars into mm-hmm. whatever. Um, that's that's how we ended up on the boat. Everyone's there, like Pete and DJ or whatever. Um, this is where the movie kind of took a turn for me. Um, turn for the better or turn for the worse? Or just a left turn? Just I, It got a little better with the introduction of Cloris Leachman. Who um, was like, I thought this movie wasn't great, like, as I've said, (laughs) but she was hilarious. Like, what they gave to her in this movie wasn't great, but she, like, took it beyond what it could have been. Just, like, her part. I loved her character. I thought she was a hoot. Mm -hmm. And she's infatuated with the captain of the ship, who is played by Harvey Corman. Which is why they should have had Tim Conway in on it. Because the two of them play off of each other so well. And 
obviously Tim Conway was like, well, I did one. I'm not doing another one. Right. Uh, it was a shame. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it until you said it, but now I'm like, yeah, that would have been, that probably would have made for a slightly better movie. Um, I just like her infatuation with the captain throughout the entire movie was like the most fun side plot. Mm -hmm. I was more invested in that than anything else in the movie. And yeah, so they're starting to try to figure out how to get to this race that they're going to have. And they hear Cloris talking about money, I guess. I don't really know. And they sat down with her and the love interest, who is the girl out of the um, Apple Dumpling Gang Rides again. Oh, yes. she is. I hadn't put that together. She, like, oh, man, yeah, I didn't like her. I wanted to like her character so much because it was like, oh, she's like a girl and she's really smart. It, it makes it clear, like, she's a scientist or um, not a scientist, but, like, she was a she was an archaeologist because she was a researcher. Yeah, so like she's smart. I love when they have characters like that. But like her value is dependent on Pete's opinion of her, and she's only pretty when he takes her glasses off, and then she doesn't wear her glasses because he told her she was pretty. Yeah, and I kept waiting for a she's all that moment where she'd just come down the stairs and she'd be in this beautiful ball gown and everybody would stop what they're doing and stare at her. But, of course, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because I mean, Pete tells the reason that they're doing it is because they need money to be able to get on a get into this um, race. Yeah, I, like, missed it at first, but, like... Yeah, Cloris Leachman, well, her character's name is Louise. So, like, Aunt Louise pays Pete. I guess she's trying to find her a husband. But, mm -hmm. like, she he's doing it because she's paying him to take her niece out. Um, I If that would have been more of a focus of the movie, maybe it would have been yeah. better. And so we cut back to Herbie, who is in steerage. And Paco gets fed. By this guy that sits down with a full chicken. Yeah, that was weird. And starts throwing the bones out. And the guy thinks that Herbie is actually eating the chicken. Because why not? And so Herbie escapes. Somehow. Hilarity ensues. Somehow. Yeah. The entire police force on board the ship is called out. And they jump on him and somehow he escapes. And... They destroy all this priceless antiquities and... Okay, yeah. And so they lock him up. They find out that there's a stowaway in the hood. Lock him up. And Harvey Corman's trying to throw them all off the boat. Yeah. This is about the point where I was like, okay, it's been about 30, 35 minutes-ish. And nope. we've... We've had, no, it really has been oh. at this point, but it's like, we've had about three minutes of Herbie. Yeah. And then they throw him off in the ocean. Yeah. And so they literally make him walk the plank and throw him off. Although, how do they actually get him on his roof with him being Good. like a 4,000 pound car? They would have to carry up several different levels. Yeah. 
He's like got a mind of his own. So yeah, how did they get him up there? Also, I think we kind of, no, you hinted at this. Paco like realizes because Herbie's like kind of taking care of him that there's more to Herbie, but he doesn't like Herbie can't use words. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'll just call you Ocho because five plus three is eight. And then yeah. he's just Ocho for the rest of the movie, which I hated this. I hated this. Yeah. So Herbie gets walked. Herbie gets sent to walk the plank. The rest of the conspirators, which is Paco, Louise, her girl, DJ and Pete all get thrown off the boat in whatever port they're in and just say, y'all got to figure it out on your own. Which is not normal ship policy, I don't think. Mm-mm. But Harvey Corman is a person that takes more to the Brigadier General Nelson's style of ship wielding. And so they're just trying to figure out how to get to wherever they're trying to get to. And the next thing that we see is Paco out fishing on a dock. And suddenly Herbie's crossing through the Panama Canal. And he pops up, and Paco takes off his hat to dive into the water, for whatever reason. It made no sense. Also, like, how much time has passed, Mm -hmm. like, in the movie? We're At this point, we're about 45 minutes in. It feels like it's been an eternity. But, like, in in the story, how much time has passed? Because Herbie comes up, and you'd think he'd be, like, dirty, Whatever. But he's completely rusted out. Mm-hmm. It's like almost, he's almost unrecognizable. Like, how many days has it been? And wh- why would he decay that fast? And so, somehow Paco gets the villagers to pull him out. And he's pulled out and dies, for lack of a better term. Because Paco plants this very sad burial where he's just putting rocks around him not on top of him not trying to dig out underneath him and of course Herbie comes back because he sees Paco and he's happy and Paco turns Herbie into a taxi yeah he like spray paints him and stupid (laughs) yeah we we, we haven't even gotten to the stupid part I think like this whole it's all kind of stupid part like I don't know. I, I all I all I keep coming back to, like as we're talking about this, and I thought it earlier, is like Jim Douglas would never let this happen. Yeah. So Herbie's a taxi now. Excuse me, Ocho is a taxi, and for whatever reason, Cloris Leachman and Harvey Corman both get in the car at the same time. Uh, yeah. And they end up going to a bullfighting match? Or a bullfighting arena? I think it's because they're, like, being chased. Because, like, the the gold, like, bad guys recognize the car. Oh, okay. And the kid. Um, it's, I think it's supposed to be just, like, a coincidence that Louise slash Cloris Leachman and the captain end up in the car together at the same time because they get in on opposite sides and they don't know until they're like in there he is like furious she's delighted because she's been chasing him the whole movie which again is like the funnest part Mm -hmm. of all of it um and then i think 
they end up in the bullfighting ring because they're being chased. Some like I don't remember yeah. the logistics, but they're trying to get away from the golds slash bad guy guys. Yeah, and so Herbie ends up going four wheel drive. All four of his wheels turn in different directions, which I didn't know that a VW Beetle did that. I need to get that on my next Beetle. If they still make them, I don't even know if they do anymore. But so he again. So they they have the bullfight. Everybody goes crazy for him, and suddenly Harvey Corman thinks that he may have found his way of life because he starts giving into the crowd, and then um, Pete and DJ and the girl, which I don't even know the girl's name, Melissa somehow have commandeered a bus for $340, bought a bus to... No. They all get in the car with Paco, and then Paco somehow gets kidnapped, and they buy a bus for $340 or whatever. I stopped caring at this point in the movie. Yep. (laughs) And they take Paco to where they think that the... Um, gold is, and they find the gold, and somehow they all escape, and the next thing you know, Herbie is completely covered in bananas. Yeah, it was like, um... Which is why it's Herbie Goes Bananas, I guess. It's like an hour and 20 minutes into the movie, they're trying to, like, hide out from the bad guys, and I, I think I had stopped paying attention just (laughs) long enough to, like, for it to catch me completely off guard, but, like... Herbie is like he literally goes bananas. Like he's they're following banana trucks and it's a VW covered in bananas. It, I thought it was super funny. Like what a great reveal because you don't see him at first. It just looks like a like a convoy of banana trucks. Mm-hmm. And then there's like there's Herbie looking like the shagging wagon <laughs> from Dumb and Dumber, but it's bananas and not fur. Yeah, and so. Obviously, my mind is like, well, how can you see out of a banana-covered windshield to even know where you're going or to know if you have to put on the brakes? So this is, that's what's funny to me. It's like, why is he trying to drive? Like, first of all, how were there like six or seven people in this car? Mm. Secondly, who does Pete think he is that he's driving Herbie? He like shows him turning the wheel. Like, no, Herbie drives himself. Mm-hmm. It's like the the movie forgot what it was, yeah. or who the star was. And so we see the bananas, we see the shagging wagon, a.k.a. <laughs> Ocho, a.k.a. Herbie, and they suddenly spot the plane that the bad guys are on and is getting ready to take off, and Herbie literally goes bananas and starts trying to chase the plane Bites the tail, literally bites the tail off. Mm-hmm. The big gold piece rolls out and rolls into Herbie's um, front hood, snaps down. Cops are alerted. Cops are alerted. Um, bad guys are caught. And you would think that would be the end of the movie. So, no. <laughs> the plane chase scene of, like, just Herbie chasing this plane, um, there's... I have some thoughts. <laughs> it was reminiscent, but not nearly as funny as, uh, but reminiscent of 
the first movie where Herbie like is slowly falling apart at the end of the big race, mm-hmm. but it's the plane like piece by piece is just completely falling apart. Secondly, I want to know that. So the men inside the plane, the bad guys are drenched in sweat. I want to know how they did this makeup because it looks like they're wearing like just like Vaseline on their faces, whatever it is. Not Vaseline. This is kind of adult content, but like it looks like they're wearing KY all over their faces. Like it's just it's a goopy mess all over them that's supposed to look like sweat, but it's obviously solid like makeup or something, and it's so gross. I, but it was funny, but not in the way it was supposed to be funny. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and and now that you mention it, the, the, the plane getting torn apart was kind of funny because first it was the tail that falls off. Mm-hmm. And right before this, the guy says, I don't want to ruin my plane. Yeah, he loses the wing and is just driving it down the street like a car. Yeah, and so, I mean, yeah, the, the tail gets ripped off and suddenly it's a two-wheeled, or a three-wheeled, I guess, two-winged plane that somehow goes between two trees and now the wings get knocked off and now it's just driving down the street like it's a nice little um trike and it stops because it hits something i don't once again don't remember don't care stopped watching to try to take notes but Mm -hmm. found that i didn't want to take notes and so of course cops are called they stop bad guys are averted you think the movie should be over no no. We have two. We have two false endings. The first one is Cloris Leachman talking to Harvey Corman about things, and Harvey Corman says something like, "That is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen," and she thinks that he's talking about her, but no, he's talking about a 1700 schooner, which is actually a pretty nice schooner. And then we have the second false close, which is where. Or actually, I think this was the close, because the they all come out and Herbie's all nice and repainted, and somehow he's got his own private suite in the ship, mm-hmm. and Paco comes out and he's going to be the new driver of Ocho. Yeah, and they're headed to the race, but we don't get to see the race. And there was much rejoicing. Huzzah! <laughs> yeah, like. Once again, um, Cloris Leachman stole the show. Yeah. Uh, the scene where she's dancing around and the captain is like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And she's like, ooh, like thinking that he's talking to or about her. And mm-hmm. she, just the way she throws herself at him through the entire movie is super funny. I loved that character. It's the one redeeming quality. But yeah, then we end with like, Paco is the driver, and oh, we didn't even touch on the song. There's like a song that is played twice in this movie that it was like it sounds like a really bad like kids Bob version of something. It's children singing Amigo something about friends. It's about friendship. Oh, this would be sweet, but it was just like bad. Yeah, I I did I didn't hear that, or if I did I didn't he <laughs> that was like once again a herbie sequel that lacks all of the charm 
of the original, and we didn't even get the cool Herbie music in this one. I think there was one part. Where it was like kind of snuck in. Yeah, where where he was driving down down the road being, I don't know if it was before he was being chased or after he was being chased or whatever, but there was like one part where I very vaguely heard the... Yeah, I was like listening for it. And maybe it's in there. I missed it, I guess. But it was like this. It, I just missed it. I I think I said this about one or maybe both of the other sequels. But like this just made me want to watch the first one. Far superior. Well, it's a it's an interesting reason that you say that because we still have one more sequel, which was supposed to be a reboot, which never really took off. And now it has been 20 years, I think, since that one was released. So mm-hmm. maybe it's time that Lindsay Lohan comes out of retirement to play Jim Douglas, the aging Herbie driver. I actually am looking forward to that one. I what? Don't really the, know. the one that I just pitched? Herbie Fully Loaded? No, I'm talking about if they were to reboot it again and make it like a Disney oh, Plus movie. Okay, okay. Um, actually, Lindsay Lohan is out of retirement. Um, she had a really cute um, Christmas movie. I think it was on Netflix last year. Of course uh, it was on Netflix because all the good movies were on ne- Well, I yeah. can't say that because we have um, Peter Pan and Wendy. It was like a Netflix original, very silly, um, but also real cute and funny. Um, but all... I just learned today that she's um, expecting her first child. So we might not get that remake very soon. Well, I mean... Not that question. Cons- well, no, we can't do it. I was going to say Michael Keaton was in the remake. Oh, really? But, but I think he's contractually under the um, Warner Brothers. So he can't do that because of the Flash complete reboot of the DC Universe. So that's probably not going to happen i'm trying i'm trying to make it happen so that we can have a jim douglas movie without jim douglas but i don't know kevin bacon (laughs) you know what that would be acceptable i love kevin bacon yes all right well let's let's go let's go ahead and pitch this one back in the panama canal because i'm over herbie sequels until we get to herbie fully loaded yeah i'm with you so, um, as always, we have the three questions, which is, what is today's impact on this movie? Well, we're talking about trying to reboot a franchise again after rebooting it 20 years ago with no success. Yeah. Um, man, today's impact on the movie. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the easy answer for everything. Yeah. First of all, they... They'd probably have a cell phone that the kid would pickpocket instead of reaching for the old 35 millimeter film. Yeah. He, like, I think Herbie would have been um, an internet celebrity. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been like, oh, here's his little, little car. Yeah. Thing about. Yeah, because DJ seemed to dismiss him when he first saw him. He's like, this is the one that run the. The Trans France or the tr- whatever the race was that was in Monte Carlo. The Trans France race. Yeah. Um, yeah, they like they were clueless, and it was like 
put some respect on that, please. This yeah. is Herbie. This is Herbie. Um, is this mirrored in culture? Only in the way that, like, even if you don't know his name is Herbie, you recognize the car from something. Yeah. I think we said that in the last one, too. Yeah. And how does this fit into today's society? I think this one was a poor man's, and I mean a very poor man's, Jim Douglas and um, Tim Conway. Yeah. Or Don Knotts. Without any of the racing, without any of the things that made the, the first and third movies good. Mm-hmm. And may make the Lindsay Lohan one good, I don't know. I, I haven't watched it, won't watch it until we get to it. Uh, I've got um, nothing. So, like, Dean Jones was, like, fairly well-known, I think. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. I feel bad for what I'm about to say. Oh, no. So, the guy who played Pete, mm-hmm. I was like, well, he didn't even do anything else. He's not in anything else that's very recognizable, <laughs> except an episode of Simon and Simon. But um, he actually, like, this is why I feel bad. Um, he died in 1990 at the age of 35. Which um, might be why he didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I really was like, well, this didn't turn him into a star. Um, but maybe he just, I mean, it says he was active from 1978 to 1987. Oh, he contracted HIV from a blood transfusion in the mid 80s. And that's mm. actually killed him. So now I feel a little bad, but like he just didn't have time to be what he could have been. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it wasn't going to be this movie that made him a star. You take that back, ma'am. No, this was not a good movie. And, <laughs> like, I mean, I think I've said it four times now. Cloris Leachman was it. This is the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. But now I'm looking forward to her be fully loaded. Like, I have some hope. I Lindsay Lohan was has always been charming in everything she's been in. So I'm looking forward to it. You got anything else we need to add on? Or can we literally pitch this one in the Panama Canal and see if Harvey floats again? We can pitch it in the Panama Canal. Alright. Well, we have been poo-pooing the last, fo- the last few movies that we have been covering. I don't think we're going to have the opportunity to do that with the next couple. The next movie is episode 5 of the Star Wars trilogy. I am going to get Cliff Jans back on here. Hopefully Kyra will be able to join us and we can make it a three-person booth. For the first time in a little while. I think we'll, think I'm good. And we can talk all things Star Wars. And then we are talking about doing something else after we get done with Star Wars. It is still Disney related. So we will just give you a little sneak peek right here. It is the movie that actually hit Disney Plus on April the 28th. So, if you are a avid follower of Disney+, Plus, you will know what we are talking about. That is your next two movies to watch, enjoy, tell us what you think, send us your emails at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Rate us, review us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your mailman, tell whoever, tell a woman. <laughs> um, but... Until we talk again, stay safe, stay hungry, 
And stay out of Puerto Vallarta when you don't know where your car is at. <laughs> Talk to y'all later. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Come on, let's get this thing out of here. With this extra weight, I'm going to need the whole field to take off. Well, hurry up. Here it comes again. Try and hijack us? Anything's possible with that thing. Get him, Ocho! Stay with him! Wonder what it's gonna do now. I don't know. Well, take off! Come on, take off! I'm trying, I'm trying! Right on our tail! I think he's trying to chew it off! Do we need one?
You heard Ocho? You don't sound so good. Don't quit now. You can do it. Okay, you have to see those other guys. 